0: Good morning good morning. good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Awesome. Woo-hoo. Weather's going to be phenomenal today. Phenomenal. Although I'm talking about the weather on the inside here. All right, I thought I tricked you guys. I think you guys were thinking about the weather outside. What yard projects you have to go do, which hedges you're going to trim. No, no, no. I'm talking about what the Lord's going to do in this place this morning. Amen. It's going to be a Good morning.
1: How many of us realize that God doesn't work on our timeline? Ooh. I love that He He creates moments of, of together time that and ministry time that right. is on His timeline. Amen. We put a clock on things. That's right. I think He delights. Yeah. He delights in surprising us the same way I delight in surprising my kids. Right. I come to church every Sunday with a sense of expectation. Mm. If I wake up or if, if my if I'm in a season of deep need, I come knowing that he is the meter of every need, that in him there's no lack, and I come and surrender to him. When I'm in a season of mountaintop, Mm. I come into his presence with joy, just wanting to rejoice and celebrate the victory that is in him. Um, In the valley, I come and I pour it all out before him. Mm. This is a place where he Mm. longs. To meet our every need, to be who he is to us. I'm excited this morning. Are you excited this morning? Are you excited excited this morning? Hallelujah. He loves us, church. He loves us. And we're gonna just rejoice and worship him this morning. Amen.
0: Well, stand with me. Come on, guys. Let's get ready to worship. We got a call to worship this morning at a Psalm, I believe it's 99. We're gonna read the first three verses together uh, on the count of three. We ready? Yeah. All right. One, two, three. The Lord reigns, let the peoples tremble. He dwells between the cherubim, let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. Father, we worship you, we praise you, we come before you, we thank you for your presence. Do your thing today, in Jesus' name,
1: amen. He's done it. He's done it all. (laughs) Thank
0: you, Lord. Church,
1: we know it's good news. It's the good news. It's the good news of the gospel. It's the good news. Are you broken? Are you broken? Because he binds up the brokenhearted. That's right. Are you messy? Because he uses the messy ones. Read the book. They were a mess. They were scared. They were hiding in basements and coming out of big boats and naked and doing all kinds of stuff. He rescues us. It's the good news of the gospel. And we need to share it. We need to share it. We need to be so busy telling people, telling them the good news. So busy, we got no time for other things. We got no time for talking about other people. We got no time for having opinions about every which thing we see yeah, right. and how we like it or don't like it. We got that's no right. time for that because well, right. we're busy. We're right. busy about the work of the kingdom. Hallelujah. We're busy. We're busy Hallelujah. getting creamer for the old lady at Wagman saying, God bless you. Is there anything else I can do to help you? We're busy. You. That's right. We're busy being <laughs> Jesus to the Thank world. You, I know Lord. we're supposed to bring it down for communion, but I just... <laughs> Amen. He did it.
0: Shout he it out. did it. Shout Jesus it out. did it. Shout Jesus it
1: out. did it. Shout Jesus out.
0: it. Amen.
1: All. Right? My favorite part of that song is just all. all. That's like my favorite word. All. Which and part? All. All. And he healed How much all of it? who all. came to him. All. all all Amen. it's like my favorite word because right. i'm a part of all that includes me who's a part of all who's guys of all? who's a part raise of all raise your hand, raise your on, hand if you're part of all you part of all girl i see you there you go you're part of all All. oh he did it oh all. all. and so i was sharing this with my friend before church Jesus is our friend. That's he right. walks beside us. That's he right. walks beside us. And that's just a picture I've been meditating on lately. Jesus walks beside me. He walks beside me. Always beside me. Never leaving. Never leaving me. He's always beside me.
0: Amen.
1: Always beside me. And he doesn't say, oh, honey, you can do better. Mm. You can do better. Yeah. That's not his voice. <laughs> right. He says, honey, I know you're feeling upset about what you've done, and I'm here. I'm here. That's right. I know you're feeling, fill in the blank, I'm here. Talk to me about it. Talk to me about it. I'm here for you. I'm here with you. Talk to me. He's our friend, always beside us, always beside us. I'm excited to take communion this morning.
0: Amen, amen. We're about ready to take communion, guys. I just had a scripture I want to read out of John 6. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whatever you need, whatever you need, Jesus has paid it all. All, all. He's paid it all. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. We're going to come to the communion table this morning. And we are going to take communion as a representation of his body broken, his blood shed for all, for all, everything, for all. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Give some instructions. Oh,
1: sure. um, so there's three communion tables. If you're toward the front, um, we try to keep the aisles one way. That was like at the height of, you know, what was going on. So in general, the two side aisles here come one way to the front tables, and the center aisle is like kind of one way to the back. And when you go to the tables, you kind of circle around to, to stay in the one-way lanes. That's generally how it's been. So if you're near the front, head to the, front, t- to the tables in the front and circle back around to your seats. If you're toward the back, go ahead uh, down the center aisle. It's two cups. So yeah, two cups. the juice is in the top cup and the crackers in the bottom. So it's just like a, a one pickup yeah. type thing. Hold on to it. Yeah, and hold on to your communion elements because we're going to come back up and we're just going to pray. And we're just right. going to partake. And we're going to take communion together as a family and as a body of of believers. So let's get our communion elements.
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Jesus, we thank you that you did pay it all. For every sin, for every time we've walked away, all of it. Thank you for paying the price. Let's just take a moment and just focus on Him and who He is. That image that He is beside you, He is with you everywhere that you go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. For all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you will do. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me, let us partake. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant, the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. We worship you. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with me. We're going to continue to worship. The altar is open. And uh, one of my prophetic friends, as he was walking by, had made a mention to me. He said, if you have got any pain in your back today, we believe that the Lord wants to do a healing this morning. Any pain in your back. And I would encourage you, if that's you this morning, I believe we're going to sing Waymaker. Is that right? We're going to sing Waymaker. And even if you don't feel it, he's working. He's working. And even if you don't see it, he's working. So I would encourage you to come up front and receive everything that God has for you. Worship with abandonment this morning, for he is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords. Let's continue to worship this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's someone Thank here you, Lord. this morning Thank who's like, you, too good, too
1: good to be true. Mm. Too good for me. Too good for me. He's so good, mm. and it's all true. It's all true. Amen. It's all true.
0: Amen.
1: And Jesus says this morning, I want you. I want you. I wanted you so much, I died to have you. I want you. I don't want the perfect version of you that you think I want. That version is junk. That's not my thoughts of you. Mm. I want you right where you're at. Thank you, Lord. I want Thank the you, real Lord. you and I want Thank all you, of you. you Jesus doesn't do halfway. That's right. He doesn't do halfway. That's right. Thank you, Lord. And if you belong to him, mm. then he wants you all of you. That's right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And he just doesn't change. He doesn't change based on what we do. So if you feel like you're not doing the right things, that's not him. He wants you. All he wants is you. The things you do will change as you as you love him and as you walk with him. You'll begin, the things you do will change automatically because of who he is, because you're walking in him, with him. Thank you, your Lord. steps will begin landing in different places because he's directing them. Amen. And all you're doing is trusting in him, Amen. believing in him, walking with him, talking to him. Took me so long to figure out, my goodness, Liz, open your mouth and talk out loud mm. like he's in the room with you. Amen. Get alone and talk to him. Amen. Talk to him. Certainly knows, I, God, God knows I talk to him enough. He's like, oh, Liz, so many words. And listen, I love this guy. I get access 24-7 to him, right? You know, biblical scholar, wise, good, 24-7. He can't help me. Right. He doesn't That's have right, the Jesus. answers to Amen. my problems.
0: Amen. He
1: can't fill me.
0: Amen.
1: Only God can. Hallelujah. People change. People are human. Amen. People will let you down because they're human. People aren't your answer. Amen. And they're not your problem. I'm still figuring that one out. That's right. (laughs) Right? They're not our problem and they're not our solution. Only Jesus. Good word. And he wants us. Good word. He wants us.
0: Good word. Yep. Yeah. Hallelujah. And
1: he just doesn't change. When I make a mess and just, man, I've made messes. I mean, I know y'all have but I'm just willing to stand up here and talk about it. I've made messes. I've made messes on purpose. Said, yeah, I hear you, Lord, but I just, I, I just, I'm going to disobey. And I've made messes, and he didn't change. He didn't change. He didn't accuse me. He didn't condemn me. He said, I'll help you. I'll help you clean up this mess. I'm with you, and I'm not going to leave you. But, Lord, I made such a mess, and I did it on purpose. I disobeyed on purpose. I know. I know you did. But I know your heart now, and you're sorry about it now. I can see that. So come on, I'm with you. I'm with you. He doesn't leave. He wants you. He desires you. If nobody else in your life ever wanted you, he does. Amen. If everybody in your life wanted you, he he wants you too. That's right. It's a good word.
0: Thank you. As you're talking there, I'm reminded of the end of Romans 8. It says, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors, through him who loved us. The only way we conquer is through him who loved us. His love for us. Through him. The striving, the trying. And it's good we need to do our part, but I'll tell you what, it's only through him. Only through him. The one who gives us life. The one who gives us breath. Then it says this, for I am persuaded. Are you persuaded this morning? Are you persuaded this morning that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor stuff we did, nor stuff we're going to do, none of it, none of it, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall do what? Shall be able to separate us. Nothing can separate you from the love of God which is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Nothing. Nothing. No respecter of persons. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, we come to you. We thank you for this time of ministry to us from you through your Holy Spirit. Thank you for touching lives and hearts this morning already. Lord, we know you've got even more in store. Father, we thank you. We worship you. For you truly are the way maker. You truly are the miracle worker. And Lord, we'll say it again. Even when we don't see it, you're working. And even when we don't feel it, you're working. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. And we walk by your word and not by our feelings, which means even when we don't feel it, you're working. And even when we don't see it, you're working because we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. 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 Amen.
1: Thank you, Jesus. All right. Thank you, Father. We're going to move into a time of greeting one another, just lifting each other up, encouraging one another. Um, Kids, ECF kids, you know the drill, you know your bag the notes, the books. You guys can head to Kid Corner. If you're a guest here, um, we welcome you. We we love the Lord, and we just love being in his presence, and we're thankful for everyone who comes to worship him with us. Amen. So we welcome you. Um, on the back of the seats, there's a connection card. Uh, on that card can go prayer requests, praise reports, um, uh, testimonies. Also, if you're a first-time guest here, you could put your name on the card and let us know that you were here. Um, it has spaces for information. You can put as much information or as little information as you'd like, but we'd just like to know that you were here. Um, and that's, that uh, card can go in the offering buckets. Those buckets are up front here during greeting time. Uh, we're not passing them at this, at this point. So if you fill out one of those connection cards, you can bring it up during the break and put it in the offering bucket. If you have an offering to bring, you know, do a little dance. Praise the Lord because you're bringing into the house of the Lord just a portion of what He's poured out, the goodness that He's poured out into our lives. So that you have that opportunity to do that during the break as well. Um, But also, if you're a guest, if you have kids, I'll be over in Kid Corner, um, and we have some fun stuff for the kids, good stuff for the kids to just help them enjoy the rest of the service. Um, So I'll be over there, and then we'll come back up in about five minutes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's greet one another. All right, church, good morning. It's time to get down to business. We got lots of, um, we have lots of opportunities to connect with each other outside of Sunday mornings. And who's thankful for that, right? If, If COVID 2020 taught us anything, it's how valuable seeing each other's faces is all the time. Um, Jason always wears a shield, this face shield, because he's just like, people got to see my face. You know, he he can't deny the world his face, Uh, which he's so friendly. You know, when he's out, I think it's a great thing. I think people are getting used to not seeing each other's faces. And mine depends on the day. Sometimes I'm happy to wear a mask because then I don't have to smile at people while I'm grocery shopping confession. Um, But sometimes I wear the shield because it's like I want to be Jesus to the world. So it just depends on the day. (laughs) Okay. Sometimes I just talk until y'all settle down and then I get to the important things. Okay. So um, tonight is youth night. Woohoo! They have such a good time down there. They play pool. They play ping pong. They hang out. Um, Jason, Andy, Sydney um, are connecting with the youth because they're fun people. I mean, Jason Andy Sidney, that's who I invite over on a Friday night to have dinner. They're fun um, and they're easy and they are Jesus to these kids. So if you are a youth and you've never been down to Youth Night, come. It's really laid back and it's a good time. Um, there is worship, there is Bible study, um, uh, and God is glorified and it's fun and there's pizza. So that's tonight. That starts at 6, because we feed everybody, and it goes to about 8 o'clock. At that same time up here in the sanctuary is the Luciano group. This is a teaching group. It is a dig into the Word of God. What does God have to say about that group? It's good. So um, that starts at 6.30 and runs to 8 o'clock. That's in this sanctuary tonight. Uh, On Wednesday at 6.30 is worship and prayer. That's also in the sanctuary. It's a super laid-back time. Um, It's like a soaking time. It's an atmosphere. Just be with Jesus. Prayer. I'm pretty sure you can, like, walk around. You can sit down. You can kneel. You can can do what you want to do. There's no preaching on that night. It's just worship and prayer. So I invite you to come out on Wednesday um, at 630 here in the sanctuary. All right. Um, I'm going to... No, I'll go in order. I'll be a good, good girl. Go in order. Um, good Friday service. So I talked about this last week. Erie First um, is inviting. It's a multi church worship and communion service. Again, it, it's not. A, it's not a service with preaching. It's for worship and communion. This is a multi church service. They have invited. I know it's on the back of the postcard. There's postcards on the back table um, with the list of all the churches that are participating. And we are encouraging you to go. Um, We had Erie First over here for worship night before the election, and it was a great time of worship. Um, It was powerful. It just made me so happy to have all the seats filled. I mean, it just was wonderful. So um, we're real excited. We partner with Nicole, um, Pastor Nicole, and she's just a... She's just a great encouragement to us and us to her, and it's just good when God puts people together. So mark your calendars. That's Good Friday, April 2nd at 630, um, and it's worship and communion. So that's at Erie First. Uh, Baptism service. I'm so excited. We are going to have a baptism service on April 18th. There is a sign-up sheet on the back table. Um, There's already a couple names on it that happen to be some of my kids, so you know I 'm emotional, even if my kids aren 't involved, I get fired up, and I spend this isn 't about me, not everything 's about me, right um, but I just spend such good time with the Lord um before church on Sundays and before baptism Sundays there 's always this I think that I think that heaven is just excited and rejoicing, and there's just something in the spirit, and I get amped up like I should not drink coffee on baptism Sundays because i mean i 'm I'm prophesying, I'm talking, I there spit flying. I mean, maybe I should wear a shield on Baptism Sunday. Okay, April 18th, we have information. Why get baptized? Guys, if you haven't been water baptized, just know it's one of very few outward, outward signs of the Christian walk. You know, tr- believe in the Lord Jesus and be baptized. So it is a public statement of, I'm with Jesus, I'm his, and he's mine. And um, we make the water nice and warm. So it's not like getting baptized down at the lake. So that is April 18th. Um, Pray about it. Uh, Talk to Jesus about it. If you have questions, talk to us about it, okay? Um, You can call the church. You can email the church. uh, We'll get back to you. We promise. It might not be the same day. I can promise it won't be the same day. But we will get back to you because we want to talk to you about it. So that's baptism. And I'll be talking about that in the next couple of weeks. Last, and not at all least, I've been talking about the financial seminar, which is on Saturday, March 27th, and we have with us Mr. Micah Bowers. Come on up. He is going to share. He's coming from um, Kingdom Financial, and he's just going to share with us for a few minutes about the seminar.
2: Well, thank you so very much. Hello, everybody. <laughs> a lot of familiar faces here to me, so that's a really neat thing. This place actually has a really special place in my heart. Um, for multiple reasons. I've had a long time connection here. We've had uh, two boys so going to the school uh, for about ten years, um, and I came to a young adults group Bible study here twenty years ago, which helped change my life. And getting to know Jason and, and Pastor Liz more, um, continuing to change our lives. Uh, I don't know if I told you, my wife still says, uh, "Don't uh, I'm doing the dishes," uh, little in, uh, inside phrase. Um, so in in how to raise our kids. Uh, <laughs> So continually affected, so really nice to be here today. Uh, but today I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm here to promote uh, Kingdom Financial Foundation. We're going to do a seminar. We've been uh, welcomed to, we're going to meet at the Rose Center on Saturday uh, from 9 a.m. to 1, and just talk a little bit about why we would want to come to a financial seminar. Some people will be interested in that. Some people would would want to sleep in on Saturday instead of doing such a thing. But The main motivation I think of behind it is Matthew 25. Uh, There's the parable of the master that goes away and he gives talents um, to the servants. And he gives 10 talents to one, five talents to the other, and one talent to the third. And the next phrase on there is each according to his ability. So we do believe that God entrusts us with our talents and gifts and money according to our ability to handle them. So... The reason our seminar was created was to help us each be prepared more for what God would give us so we could be good stewards of his and be told, well done, good faithful servant. So a little bit about what we talk about in the seminar. We start off with the God's economy, biblical principles. The Bible has a lot to say about money. Uh, So and it has a little different look than the world would put on money. Uh, next thing we talk about, cash flow, uh, so that's if you've ever had trouble budgeting, so you go to the end of the month and you say, hey, I don't have enough money, <laughs> um, or if that has then resulted in debt, we do talk about ways of debt management and ways to get out of that. Uh, uh, next we talk about uh, risk and ways to avoid it. There's always risks in life, you know, anywhere from life insurance to, you know, whatever could go wrong and different ways to mitigate the risk to our families are covered in the event things don't go as we imagined them to go. Next, we talk about uh, investing, planning for the future. So back to the servants that were each given talents. The first servant immediately went out and invested and doubled the money. Now, the next servant who was given the five talents, it says he went out and doubled the money too. It doesn't give the phrase immediate. So I like to imagine that he, uh, he took some time to do some research. He wasn't ready right away necessarily uh, to do it, but then you know, he's given this talent. Okay, what am I going to do with this? I've got this, does the research. And then the third was afraid. He was given that talent and he hid it. And the master came back and judged him according to his own words, as being slothful and lazy um, and wicked, really. So we don't want to end up as the last one. We want to be good stewards of what God has given us, but also um, be ready for what next he might give us. So. After, uh, after that, we also talk about retirement. So now retirement is not necessarily a biblical principle, uh, except for the, uh, the Levite priests. Uh, once they well, was age 50, uh, that they got to retire. Um, but it is a cultural thing. And we talk about retirement is much more than just not working your job anymore. You know, it's, uh, we like to say, you're going from part-time Christian work to full-time Christian work. Uh, you got that freedom from what you were doing to spend more time having the steps of the, steps of the righteous order of the Lord. So. <clears throat> and then we also want to talk about um, estate planning. So if we've done everything well uh, with our finances, then the Bible also talks about leaving a legacy uh, for your children. So, but there's also dangers in that, uh, where wealth easily acquired can be easily gone uh, and gotten into trouble. Um, so we don't want to create any prodigal son uh, situations. Uh, we want to look out best for that. You say, alright, so that's a lot in there uh, that we're going to talk about in a four-hour period but we do make it fun. So we'll have a few different presenters. They're gonna have snacks in between and uh, a lot of good times. And I will be in the back afterwards. um, If you wanna help come, or not help, come sign up. uh, Or if you have any questions, say, is this for me? Question is yes, or the answer is gonna be yes. Uh, Because really wherever you are along that spectrum, there's gonna be something good for you to get out of it. So we'd love to see you there.
0: Okay, uh, many of you probably know Micah uh, is bivocational uh, as well. He also pastors at Grace Fellowship Church downtown, uh, along with his dad and his brother and, and some other some others are down there. So can we just pray for him right now? Uh, just want to pray for your church, uh, and also because we love Grace Fellowship Church that has always had we've had a connection this church with your church for many years as well, of course. I think I've mentioned your dad was one of my Bible school teachers, so it's just like I've forever connected with the Bowers family. Um, but I want to pray not just for Kingdom Financial and that, and that place where you work, but also for your church as well. Can we do that? Just stretch your hands out to Micah. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Micah, Lord. We just thank you for him and Holly and their family and their boys, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are moving and working in their life, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that you are showing them favor Heavenly Father, that you are blessing them abundantly. Father, as they are pouring out the wisdom that you have given to them through financial seminars in his day job, Father God, and also as he pastors a church, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you are giving him everything he needs for life and godliness. Everything he needs for life and godliness. And we thank you, Lord, that you are our one and only Savior. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right, guys. Are we ready? Are we ready? Okay, I've got my debt chart up there again. So if you were here last week, you noticed the chart that showed up out of nowhere, although I think I had referenced it a couple times and I had mentioned to you guys that I'd be put it up there. Uh, I'll also understand and I recognize that unless you have binoculars, you are unable to read that number from where you sit. And that's okay because during the service, we get to walk around and move around. But the point is this. We believe that God has called this church to be debt-free. It is a biblical principle. We are standing on it. We're believing for it. And last week I read, I mentioned a couple things. One of the things I read was a note, an an email, part of an email that I sent to our financial board that happened in October of 2019, I believe that it was. In October of 2019, our debt was at the very top left-hand corner of that number there. It was $1.25 Well, I can tell you that by the time I got my act together and I finally was able to create the chart, even if it's just a little over a year later, we've already crossed off four of those little blocks. Amen? Amen. Each block is worth $25,000. So that's over hundred thousand dollars of debt reduction that we've been able to do as a church by your partnership, by your blessing over the, just a little over a year, basically a year, almost a year and a half now. But we are believing now. You probably can't see, but notice from where it is, there's there's a few more blocks to go. There's a few more that you can see, yeah. So we're gonna watch that debt come down in Jesus' name. The current number is at one. I think it's one one. Actually, it was one one four two, but. As of last week, after we talked about it, it actually came down a little bit more than it normally comes down per week. So I'm excited about that. Let me tell you how you can partner with this. One, God has blessed us with an amazing facility, an amazing campus. So the very first thing you can partner with us is prayer praying over this building, praying over this property. Uh, It's 13-some acres. We got 40-some thousand square feet total, if not more, between the multiple buildings that we have. There's a school that operates, as Micah said, his boys came through this school. Uh, A lot, I would say, not all, but a lot of our kids uh, attend that school. We're currently at 50% of our children that are there, and next year it'll go over 50% of our kids. We'll have five children at LCA uh, next year. So the school does an amazing job, and they utilize this campus Uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday. Of course, uh, we use it as a church as well. So the very first thing you can do to partner with us is prayer. The second thing I would ask you to do is take it to prayer and ask the Lord if this is something you want to participate in above and beyond the tithe. So as a, just as a general rule from the biblical perspective, from a theology, your tithes and offerings are kind of the top line of your offering envelope. Everyone see the offering envelope? Top line, tithes and offerings. We ask that that's, you know, you don't reduce that to give to generations is what's on the second line. Generations is the same as this, which is our debt reduction plan. Uh, We are making some new offering envelopes. It won't say generations on there. It's kind of an old term that we used to use on, you know, bringing down the building debt. So if you see your offering envelope, and it says generations. Say, what's that? It's what I'm talking about. This is it. It's the building fund. It's really reducing the debt. And we believe that God is working. He is working. And he is going to bring this. And the scripture we have is he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. Now, I can imagine this debt getting paid off really quickly. But if he can do it exceedingly abundantly more and above than I could ask or imagine, let's see what the Lord is going to do, amen? And so I just ask that you pray about that. And, you know, if you want to partner with that, that would be great. Here's a scripture that we're standing on, Deuteronomy 28, verse 12. It says, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens. He's opening up his good treasure, the heavens, This is out of Deuteronomy 28, starting in verse 12. To give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all, here we go with all again, all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Command of the Lord. We're going to be lenders, not borrowers. Like, we got a great relationship with Northwest Bank, but I'm tired of making them rich. Can I get an amen? Amen. Like, Matt's our banker, love Matt, have a great relationship with him, but you know what? We're making him rich, so it's time to get rid of the interest portion of our mortgage and get this thing paid off. The good news is this property is worth, I believe, just short of $4 million the last time we did the assessment. And we owe 1.15 or so. So that means there's equity here, which is great, which is a blessing. And we have to remember that when this building was built, we had mortgaged over $3 million in order to get this building built. So we have been seeing this come down. We want to make it visible because remember what the Bible says in Habakkuk 2? Write the vision so we can run. So the vision's on the wall here for debt freedom And I want to be able to run with this with you guys to take care of this. So we're excited what God's going to do. The lost saved, the sick healed, lives transformed, families thriving. That's the vision of this church. We're excited on what God's going to do. So let's just pray over our offering here this morning and pray over our debt reduction. And I just ask you guys to go pray. What is it? How do you want to participate personally in this? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we can stand on it. We thank you, Father, that our cups runneth over. Thank you, Lord, that we are cheerful givers, Father, and that you will lead us and guide us in all things, including, Father God, our finances. Father, we thank you for the seminar that's coming up, Lord, uh, this weekend on Saturday. Lord, I just pray that you will fill that class, Lord, that those who are listening to my voice now who feel a sense and urge that needs to be there, Lord, I just pray that they will go sign up today, that they will be able to do that, Lord, and change their lives. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you're working in finances You are working in our lives in every area. Father, I thank you for these things. In Jesus' precious name, amen? Amen. Amen. You know, one of the things, uh, Brother Paul, welcome home. I mentioned last week that you had uh, said to us, this was right when we ended up taking over the church, provision and harvest. Provision and harvest was the word over this church, and I believe you can, and we were believing for some pretty exciting and some pretty big things, and then he came back to me, like, a couple months later, says, you're believing too small, you're believing too small, and I write these things down, I think I told you, I write these things down, and I know that God has big things in store for this church, and I don't mean big things in the way you're probably thinking big things, you're like, what is he talking about? Well, I believe the Lord will continue to unveil vision as we move forward and as we do things. But I believe that the Lord is not saying a bigger in the sense of building, but a bigger church in the sense of a family a bigger connection, more impact in the community, more groups meeting all across Northwest Pennsylvania. I truly believe God is going to do a multiplication. God is going to do a revival first in our hearts and then in our city and our towns as we approach these final days. And I know that the Lord is working. And I know that he's got big plans and big purposes for this church, amen? Amen. Well, I have have something to share with you guys this morning. I know we've been doing a series in 1 John, uh, but that's not where I'm going. I'm not going back there yet. We will go back to 1 John at some point, but I want you to open up to Galatians 6. Open up to Galatians 6. As you're turning there, last week, man, God was moving. He really was moving last week. And the message I gave last week was that God is no respecter of persons. No respecter of persons. And we talked about that every single one of us will stand before him on judgment day. Every one of us will stand before him. We also talked about that he doesn't see you any differently than anybody else. No matter your skin color, no matter your personality. And we look at other people and we say, oh, but if I could only be like so and so. I'm a guilty at that. Right, We all are in some way. You, if I could only be like, and God's saying, no, I want you to be you. I created you uniquely to be you. Stop trying to be like somebody else. In fact, trying to be like somebody else is telling God, like, yeah, you know, you didn't really do it right with me. Think about that. Like, when we are trying to be like somebody else versus who God has created to be, we're basically saying, God, yeah, you got this one wrong. But he didn't get it wrong, guys. He did not get you wrong. And he loves you and sees you and cares about you and he created you uniquely and perfectly. We said that God doesn't love you anymore or any less than anybody else. You're like, what? You mean that like if I do more good works, he'll love me more, right? No. You mean if I screw up, I don't know know which way I should turn with the love you more versus the screw up. I'll stay in the center. I don't want to offend anybody. You know, but if I screwed up again, does he love me less now? No. He loves you and he cares for you. Then we talked about that his promises and his word are as much for you as they are for anybody else. No respecter of persons. You can stand on this word of God as much as anybody else can. And we need to read that word and get that word on the inside and build that faith up. That's how faith comes, by hearing and hearing the word of God so we can stand on that word and believe in faith no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance. So here's what I say. If God is no respecter of persons, that's great. But you say, but Pastor Jason, in life it doesn't seem like everyone gets the same outcome. Meaning, we all have different lives, different things happen, and there are tragedies here, and there's other stuff over there, and we begin, at, what, what is going on? I thought God was no respecter of persons. say, but there are some theological things in the Bible that God clearly lays out, and I'm not going to go through all of them, I'm going to touch base on just one of them. But we have to understand that there's a sovereignty portion of God that, to be honest, we can't wrap our heads around. We can try, you can read all the books you want, but there's this component of God who is bigger than we can ever imagine, who transcends time, who's not even in time, has a plan and a purpose, and he's moving and working things together that we don't understand. And we could ask why as much as we ever wanted to ask why, and sometimes we don't get the answer as to why things happened the way that they did. The second thing that changes circumstances in our lives is that we live in a fallen world. There is sin in our own life. There is sin in others' lives. We live in a fallen world. And sometimes bad things happen because we live in a fallen world. This is a fact. This is like, you know, one of the laws of the world that we live in. Just like there's a law of gravity, right? Anybody understand the law of gravity? How many of you understand the law of gravity? How many ever fell, right? Right? How many ever tripped over something and had the law of gravity in full effect? Right? Boom. Down. Right now. What happened? The law of gravity happened. Right? You went right down. So there are laws that happen in this world and in this life that we need to begin to understand. We know that we have an enemy who is on the constant attack. The Bible says we have to resist the devil and he will flee from us. But here's something I want to talk about this morning there's also biblical laws and biblical things at work that we need to understand. And the one I want to talk about this morning is this. A man will reap what he sows. So there, there are certain circumstances. You know, you may, there's things you can do and there can pray and all this other stuff. But it's interesting that the Bible clearly states out that a man will reap what he sows. A woman will reap what she sows. A child will reap what they sow. And as I read that, and we're going to re- look at this pastor of scripture, I realized it doesn't say anything about faith in there. You're like, wait, what? No, there's, you don't have to believe this for it to be true. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't have to be like, well, I'm standing on that word and I, I'm believing that. That's not, that's not, that's not going to be for me. I believe in faith. It says I'm more than a conqueror. So it doesn't matter what I sow. I'll reap the benefits and the blessing of God. Whoop. Nope. Not true. That's not in the word, guys. It's not in the word. Okay, let's read this with me. I'm going to talk about this this morning. Galatians 6, I'm going to start in verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Come on. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. What's that word? Whatever. Whatever. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, whatever. How many times have you used that word like in a conversation? Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Give it the hand, whatever. Right? Like we, sometimes, I don't know, maybe I don't usually use that word. That's why it's coming off really funny when we do it. But, you know, some people do the, you know, whatever. But this is what I'm saying, whatever a man sows, not what he believes in faith, not, I mean there's, there's faith principles, and I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about, we have to have this understanding that whatever we sow, we are going to reap. Whatever we sow. If we sow dissension, we reap dissension. If we sow faith, we reap faith. If we sow love, we reap love. You understand that it's whatever we sow, whatever it is. And I'm just like, Whoa. I'm thinking about taking an inventory of my life. What am I sowing? What am I What are you sowing? What are you sowing? Perfect time, right? It's right everyone's planting stuff. Everyone's planting. What are we sowing? Verse 8. For he who sows to his flesh He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Uh-oh. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. So whatever a man reaps he's going to sow. And there's basically two options of reaping or of sowing. You got it either we're sowing into the flesh or we're sowing into God's kingdom into the spirit realm. Which one are we sowing on? Verse 9 says this, let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap If we do not lose heart, I'm gonna go through some principles that I have that I kind of are pulling out of this passage here in a minute. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Okay, so here's the revelations that I had from this scripture. Number one, everything starts with a seed, everything starts with a seed. The tree you see started with a seed. The apple you're eating started with a seed. And as I was praying about this, the Lord said, you know what? What else is a seed? I was like, well, your word's a seed, God. Your word's a seed. And he said, well, what did I say in Genesis 1? He spoke and it happened. 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 Interesting enough, God's word is actually a seed that we have to sow in order to reap what God has. In store for us. Everything starts with a seed plants, animals, people. We don't need to get into the anatomy lessons this morning, the kids are with us. Okay, you all adults, you get it. The kids, talk to your parents about it later if you don't get it. (laughs) That's not in my notes. (laughs) That's not in my notes. It's real. It's real. Everything starts with a seed. Number two, here's what I also see. Nothing happens until a seed is planted. I could hold a bunch of seeds up here all day long. But if I don't sow those seeds somewhere, nothing's going to happen. You could pray all day. Like, come on, guys, pray with me. I got this apple seed right. Come on, let's just start praying and believing that God is going to make an apple right now in Jesus' name. Come on, Jesus, make an apple out of this seed right now. Now, can he do that? Heck yeah, he can do it. Will he do it? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's like, I made apple trees. You go to the apple tree to get the apple. You don't take a seed and then just hopefully one just materializes in your hand. The principle is, the principle is that nothing happens, nothing happens until the seed is planted. planted. So we have to be intentional about planting some seeds, whether it be financial, whether it be relational, whatever it is, we have to be intentional about planting the seeds that God has given us. Number three, seeds reproduce after their own kind. See, listen to this. Seeds reproduce after their own kind. Back to the apple example. You cannot plant an apple seed in the ground and pray that a pear seed comes up or a pear tree blooms. You can't do it. What you are planting is what you are going to reap. You understand that? So whatever that seed is that God has given you, whatever seed it has, whether it's financial or relational or the relationships God has given you in your life, whatever it is, when you are begin to plant that seed, whatever it is that you are planting, that's what's going to come up. This is like this is like you know, uh, not biology one hundred and one. I'm not sure what it, what's the plant stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. Whatever you all saying, huh? botany, I don't know, whatever. This is like the laws of botany, Hort- horticulture, is that what you just said? Big words this morning. Hold on tight. It's like we're doing school. We got sex ed, we already passed that test. Uh, we're going into horticulture now. I mean, who knows what's next, right? But this is what, understand this biblical principle. I love when the Bible uses analogies like this, and of course it was an agricultural society, but it's something we can grasp and get a hold of and understand that if I take this seed and I plant it, I am going to get what that seed is. Whatever it is that seed, it'll reproduce after its own kind. The Ackerman kids. Now each one of them is different, each one of them is unique, but they are Ackerman kids. They have been reproduced after their own kind. And we see in each and every one of them there is, you know, characteristics and personalities and traits, and some have Liz's long legs and my long torso, and they're taller. Some people have my short legs and Liz's short torso. And so they're short. And you're like, how could they come? Well, they're still coming from the same kind. Apple trees look different. Ackerman kids look different. But we have to understand that what is, whatever we're planting is what is going to be reproduced. So some of the things that we could be planting, we could be planting love in our lives, in our relationships. We could be planting generosity and kindness when we talk to others. When we're talking to our kids, we can begin to speak to them that they're real people and that God cares for them and we're planting in them because what happens is when we plant it, we will then reap what we have planted on the inside of them. Number four, this is very interesting to me, is we reap more than we sow. We know God's a God of multiplication, but it works in both ways. It works both on the good and on the bad. When we are sowing dissension, when we are sowing disunity, we actually begin to reap that in a multiplicative way manner. Because when I take that one seed and I plant it in the apple seed, how many apples get created? A lot. And then within each apple there's a bunch of seeds. So what this is telling me is is this law of sowing and reaping says I have to be so cognizant of what I'm sowing because guess what? I'm going to be reaping more than what I put in the ground. The good news is, is it works with the Word of God as well. So when we sow the Word of God into our lives, we begin to reap the benefits of the Word of God and the goodness of God and the understanding of God as we sow that into our hearts. So number four was we reap more than we sow. Here's number five. It applies to every area of our life. This law, this biblical law, it's actually a biblical and a natural law in a lot of ways, is it applies to every area of our life. It applies to our relationship with God. It applies to our relationship with our spouses. It applies to our relationship with our kids, with our friends. It applies to our finances. Church, it applies to your finances. It applies to everything in our life. You know, the Lord had, I think I maybe had mentioned this to you guys before. This was a while ago. We were, you know, we had been in prayer. Actually, I think you started it, babe. You were talking about asking the Lord, what is he going to hold me accountable for at the end of my life? Like when I see, how many want to know when you see Jesus face to face what he's going to ask you? Like, uh, yeah, could can I, can I get that heads up? Like, I would like to know what that is. Well, guess what? Ask him. Ask him. There are some things in the Bible that would be clear. You know, did you know me? Did you love me? Did you, you know, all that stuff. But there, I believe there are specific things he's going to ask you. And they're all biblical. And they're all based in God's word. And they all actually have to do, at least for me, with this principle of sowing and reaping. And so, after, you know, did you love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, I believe, and did you love others, I believe the first thing he's going to ask me about is my marriage. That's the first thing that God's going to ask me about. Not about this church. Not about the debt campaign. Not about, did you hire this person or that person? Did you make all the right decisions? No. He's going to ask me about this relationship. And so, Guys, if we want this relationship to be strong and we want to reap the benefits of a strong marriage and a strong relationship, guess what you have to sow? You have to sow in words of encouragement. You have to sow in words of love. You have to sow in words of affection and caring. Because you can't say, and guess what? The beautiful thing is you reap more than what you sowed. It doesn't even take that much. It's not like I'm giving you the impossible task this morning. It's actually not that hard. Because we get to reap more than we sow, we just have to start sowing some good things into our relationships. We have to start sowing some good things into finan- financially. We've got this seminar and other stuff that's going on. But it reproduces after its own kind. That's why I talk about this debt thing. If you are really interested about being debt-free, I highly encourage you, to work with this campaign because we reap what we sow. If we are sowing here from a debt perspective, God, that's going to be what we end up reaping on the other end. Amen? So this applies to every area of our lives. My four things, you want to know what they are? You want to know what they are? I believe God's going to ask me, number one, did you do it together? Not with all of you. I mean, I love you all. But it's talking about right here. This is number one. Did you do it together? And so I have to sow into this word from God of doing it together. And you will notice we do things together. Anybody notice that? Like, like you, no, you actually notice it, right? We're actually doing, I believe God's going to ask me that. Did you do it together? Number two for me is did you train up your kids in my word and in their talents? So my investment plan, we're talking about investments today. My investment plan is investing in this marriage, or at least it needs to be, should be. And then investing in my kids in their understanding of who God is and in the talents that God has given them. That's my investment. I'm not talking against a 401k or retirement plan, but God has spoken to me. He's not going to ask me about my 401k. I mean, he might ask you about it. I don't know. I doubt it. But look at what he's talking about. Our spouse, my kids. This is all about people. The sowing and reaping principle is all about people. I know we talk about finance and this other stuff, but it applies so much to people. Number three for me is, did you show others what I've taught you in leadership, in marriage, and in parenting and all this other stuff? Yeah, I kind of have this list. Again, sowing into people. And then my fourth one is, did you give above and beyond all you could ask or imagine? So I love that one. But here's what I know, is I believe the Lord told me that they're in order. First him, and then my wife, and then my kids. And then pouring into others, and then giving. You see, this law of sowing, we have to make sure we understand that we are doing this in the right order in our lives. So what I don't want you all to run out of here and say, well, Pastor Jason told me just to start sowing. So I'm just going to start sowing everywhere. I'm going to take all my money. I'm going to start throwing it at people as they're driving by. I'm going to put cash in front of my mailbox and say, come cash. I'm sowing into you. Come to my house. No, no. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Who has got, well, you don't have to ask him. You can ask yourself, who has God placed in your life, who is right in front of you, look at your spouse and say, I am going to start sowing positive things into our relationship because the word of God says, whatever I sow, I will also reap, and I want our marriage to be strong, so I'm going to begin to sow into that marriage. And I'm going to take the intentionality and begin to sow into my kids the things that I believe God is asking me to in the word of God. Back to verse 8, it says this. For he who sows to his flesh, of the flesh will reap corruption, but he who sows the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Everlasting life. And here's what I, as I was reading this, here's what I believe. Number 6, point 6, almost done. We do not always reap in the same season in which we planted. Hmm. Sit on that for a second. In the laws of nature, this is true. We know you, got, you know you plant in the spring and you harvest in the fall, right? How it typically works. But in the seasons of our life, it is no different. There are seasons where we are sowing, And we are sowing, and we are sowing, and the reaping hasn't happened yet. And you're like, I don't understand why this hasn't happened yet. But what was that next verse that says, don't get weary of doing good, continue to sow, continue to sow. That wayward child, that prodigal son that has gone away, don't stop praying, don't stop believing, don't stop sowing into that person's life, don't stop sowing because as if it's a principle that you don't always reap in the same season in which you sowed. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap, if we do not lose heart. Oh. You say, well, how am I suppo- supposed to not lose heart? We have to stand on the word of God. And you have to believe that that scripture is true. And if it is true, which it is true, then you got to continue to sow. And continue to sow. You say, well, Pastor Jason, I said two nice things to my wife. And she's still mad at me. Well, it doesn't work that fast. How many of you plant the apple seed and expect to have apples tomorrow? It doesn't work that way. This is a season of time where you have to be, continue to plant and to plant and to plant and to sow and to sow and to sow and to sow and in due time, in God's timing, in his sovereign timing, in timing that we don't always get to understand or we don't always get to know is when we will reap. His timing. We don't always reap in the same season in which we planted. Michael, if you want to come up here and Give me some background music. David asked for background music. What's that? Somebody. Somebody in the Bible. Someone in the Bible asked for background music when they were, like, ready to preach or say something. And What's that? Yeah, I know. And then, like, you know, the Holy Spirit came even more powerful. So look out. This is going to be special. <laughs> so here's what we need to do, guys. So thank you, Pastor Jason, for these six principles. I get it. Every time I look at an apple, I'm going to think of this message. Every time I see a seed, I'm going to remember this message. And that's a good thing. But here's what I want you to remember. What do we do? What do we do? Can I just boil it down to what do we do? The very first thing is we have to sow the seed of salvation in our hearts. You have to know and know and know and know in your knower, deep down, that God loves you, that he cares for you. Because the rest of this stuff is all, I mean, it's great. But you have to get Jesus on the inside. You have to get Jesus on the inside. That seed of Jesus, that salvation seed must be planted in your heart. Because without that, the rest of it is just... Doesn't matter, really. Doesn't matter. The seed of salvation must be planted. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation, is what the Bible says. Not tomorrow, not next week. If you're watching online, today is the day of salvation. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, after this service is over, I want you to like run up here and talk to me. Don't let another day go by, another moment go by, without planting the very first seed that needs planted. This is the seed that needs to be planted. This is the one where it starts from. Then the second thing we have to go do is we have to sow the word of God into our heart. If you remember nothing else, this is what we have to do. We have to do this. Because you see, when we sow this word of God in our heart, it makes all the other examples of sowing and reaping I talked about possible. In your own strength, none of the other stuff is possible. It's just not possible. You can try, you can try, you can try, it's not possible. But when you take this word and you say, Lord, make me good soil, Lord, soften my heart to be a place where the Word of God can be rooted and grounded in my heart. And you say that prayer, and you begin to read the Word of God, be able to memorize the Word of God, and put the Word of God in you. It's like the Word of God just begins to weave and integrate in every other part of your life. Every other part of your life, in your relationships, in your finances, and it makes all of this sowing and reaping actually possible. Because I'm sorry to tell you on your own, if you went home like, I'm just going to start trying this in my best effort, doesn't work. You need the word of God on the inside. And it's like this picture of when, that, when the word is planted and that beautiful tree is growing on the inside, it begins to choke out all the other stuff that needs choked out. And you say, but, you know, we're talking about sowing and reaping. Why is it so hard sometimes as God's working in my life? Because he wants you whole. He wants you whole. And in order for you to be whole, there's some stuff that has to get rooted out. In order for you to be whole and complete, there's some breaking that he has to go do in our lives. So bow your heads with me this morning. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand this morning or to jump up and down or to do anything. I just want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray that you guys will remember this biblical principle of sowing and reaping. But more importantly, that we are intentional about sowing the word of God more and more into our heart. For out of the abundance of that, it makes everything else possible to go do with Jesus. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. Father, we thank you that you are moving and working in our lives. Father, I ask this morning that you would soften our hearts. Soften our hearts. Everyone who is listening today, Father, I ask that you would soften our hearts, that we would be intentional about planting your word on the inside of us. For it is life for those who find it. Health to our bones. But more importantly, it also gives us the strength, as your word says, to do the things you've called us to go do. So Father, I ask this morning that you would strengthen us with your word. That we would begin to sow Your word back into our marriage, into our children, into our relationships, into our businesses, into every area of our life. Father, we thank you for it in your precious name, we pray. Amen? Amen. Well, guys, we're going to close service here. We've got some prayer teams that are coming up. They're going to be able to pray with you. If you need anything, prayer for anything at all, they will be up here. As a reminder, if you're interested in that financial seminar, I highly suggest that you sign up. Again, it's on the back table, and then Micah will be available in the lobby uh, to be able to go speak to him as well. And with that, babe, you want to come up and close? He's going to ask me if we did it together, so you know we've got to do it together.
1: Three things. Sowing is hard. Mm. Sowing is hard. You know, it's hard. It's rainy. You got to dig up the dirt. I mean, it's hard. I'm not a gardener. And there's a reason. It's because it's hard. And I can just go to the grocery store and buy the fruit. (laughs) Sowing is hard. Um, And he's with us. He knows Mm. that. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. And um, this whole, well, you reap what you sow. Don't Mm. do that. Mm. Don't do that. Okay? Just don't do it. I'm not going to take the time to tell you why. You know why. Just don't do it. It's not nice. Well, kid, sorry you reap (laughs) what you sow. That's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. It's just not. So let's just not do that. The word is the perfect seed. You say you got to sow the word of God. It's the perfect seed. It's the perfect seed. And whole is the goal. Amen. Whole is the goal. Lord, why, why have you forsaken me? Why am I suffering? (laughs) Why am I suffering? Because whole is the goal, girl. Whole is the goal. goal. He is drawing us into wholeness, Mm -hmm. into the fullness of him, where we can be healed, whole, free, Mm -hmm. and where we can be his hands and his feet and draw others into the wholeness of who he is. So, sowing is hard, Amen. but whole is the goal.
0: Whole is the goal. Whole I like is the that. goal. The Word is the perfect seed. It's good. Yeah. It is the perfect seed. Yeah. Amen. Let me just read, read this benediction over you guys. Just receive this this morning. It's out of Philippians 1. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in the knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere, and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Amen? Amen. Well, we'll see you guys tonight. we got Paul's group. Make sure you sign up for the financial seminar. And youth, don't forget, pizza. Pizza. See you guys next week.